All right, let's get into the Word of God. Our uh, series, if you remember, uh, for the next few weeks is called Say What? Look at your neighbor and say, Say What? The reason why it's called Say What? Honest opinion, or honest opinion, honest truth as to why I'm calling this Say What? It's because my wife would not let me call it what I originally planned to call it. And it was, what you talking about, Willis? Because <laughs> she felt that that would date me too much. But I still think it does take different strokes to move the world, my love. It does. It takes different strokes to move the world. That's right. Uh, so we settled on say what? Say what? So uh, the subtitle today is, are you ready to confess? Who's ready to confess today? Everyone's like, hold up. I don't know about this. Wait a minute. Uh, now, I, I, you know, the image that I put is... is uh, up there with a kind of a priest in a, in a confessional box. Uh, for those of you who grew up Catholic, you may be familiar with the whole concept of confessing in a religious sense that way. Uh, in society, uh, especially Western society, the word confess, we, we seem to kind of uh, associate it with uh, the criminal justice system, right? Are, are you, sir, Mr. Butler, are you ready to confess? Or, in other words, are you ready to admit to doing this crime, right? Uh, if you grew up perhaps in Catholicism and, and the, the, you, know, you associate it with sitting down with a priest and admitting to things, I look, I got to confess, I, mean, I, I stole three candy bars when I was a kid, or I, you know, what, whatever you feel that you need to admit to, right? Uh, the word confess itself uh, we, you could associate it with all that, but the word confess actually simply means to say what someone else says. So in the criminal justice sense, if I'm going to confess to uh, Grand Theft Auto, you have a prosecuting attorney that is accusing me of stealing a car. If I confess, then I, I say what that prosecuting attorney says about me, right, in the general sense. So if you think about it, if confess really means to say what someone else says, what are you confessing over your life? Because you are confessing someone's words over your life every day of your life. You're either confessing what your parents said about you, you're confessing what a friend said about you, you're confessing what you think society says about you, you're confessing perhaps what the, the devil, the enemy says about you, you're confessing maybe of, of what somebody launch some attack someone launched against you, you're confessing something over yourself every day. You're saying what someone else said about your life, your situation, your family, your uh, uh, life's horizon. So if, if you're going to confess, if you're going to say what someone else says, you might as well learn to say what the Father has to say about you. What the word of God has, if, if you're going to confess something anyway, that's the way we're programmed. Learn to confess or to say what someone else says. So let's get into our word real quick. Uh, James chapter 3 verse 2 is our uh, key verse for this series. Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. This is the first thing right out of the chute God has us learning this year and in our walk and growth in faith. He said, he, going into this year, he said he was going to perfect the church. 
So he is perfecting us in faith. One of the quickest, greatest ways to perfect us in faith is to perfect what's coming out of our mouth. According to the book of James, who was believed to be the half-brother of Jesus, so this guy grew up with Jesus, he knew what made Jesus tick. He knew if anyone could understand Jesus' sermons, it would be this guy, right? So he said, if I could learn to control my mouth, my tongue, man, I could control my whole life. I'd have control over what I eat, what I say, what I think, how I react, my temper, my thought life, if I could learn to control this. And he goes on to talk about a big giant ship is, is guided and steered by a little bitty rudder. The, the tongue is such a small member of our body, but it controls our entire life. And that's what we, if you remember last week, those of you who are here, we learned that words create. God created this whole entire universe by his word. And if we are to be imitators of God, as the Bible instructs us to be, then we create with our words. That makes it very vital that we start being intentional about what we speak and how we speak and what intention goes into words. You remember, words are just just, uh, vessels. They're carriers. They're boxes. Because you can take one word, and depending on what attitude and spirit and intention, that word can either bring life or it can bring death. Right? That word can either encourage or it can discourage. Same word. So it's not just even a matter of what we speak, but it's the intention and the spirit in which we speak it, right? Uh, look at this, this scripture here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That word proceed actually means continue to come out. So don't keep speaking corrupt things but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Uh, Now, if you grew up uh, sitting in Sister Hazel Gay's Sunday school class like I did when I was a kid, she would use this to basically tell us to stop cussing. I know I've heard some of the stuff y'all been saying out in the church parking lot because we're a little bitty. And, and y'all need to stop that cussing because the Bible says, right? Well, it goes, it goes on. This, this actually has a much deeper meaning than just running around using foul language. Let no corrupt word, the word corrupt actually means erroneous, debased, and fraudulent. What are you speaking over your life? Is it erroneous? Does it match up with the word of God? Because if it doesn't match up with the only truth there is, Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, the life. Jesus is the word of God. So if it doesn't match up with the word of God, then it is erroneous. Erroneous. It is fraudulent. It is debased. So don't let any fraudulent or erroneous or debased word keep coming out of your mouth. But speak only what is necessary. <laughs> That's another word. Is it really necessary for us to talk all the time? You know, last week we talked about the book of James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. We said that God gave us two eyes, two ears, one mouth. That means we're supposed to observe and listen twice as much as we speak, right? So only what is necessary for edification. What you are speaking over your life or anyone else, is it edifying? Is it bringing life and nourishment? Edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, as what you, you are speaking over your life, is it imparting grace? And we all know what grace means. 
unmerited favor, unearned favor. That guy doesn't deserve me saying anything nice about him. What a wonderful opportunity for grace. Undeserved favor. Undeserved grace. All right, fine then. So what do we say? If I can't just mouth off anything I want to mouth off, what do I say? We confess. And by that, I'm not saying that you got to sit down with me or anyone else and say, oh, hey, I did this in my life. I did that. I did this. Confess means to say what someone else says. So what are we going to say? What Jesus has to say about me. What the word of God has to say about me, that's what I will speak over my life. What the word of God has to say about you, that's what I should speak over your life. Why? Because that's confessing. So what are you confessing today? So let's talk about this. This is, some, this is what's powerful when you begin to confess his word. God works with what you say. That's not my idea. It's not our idea. That's his idea. He came up with it. He learns to, if you start confessing, he will work with it. Not only that, this is pretty powerful. Hebrews 3 and 1 says this. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He said, consider the apostle and high priest of you saying what Christ Jesus has to say. Now, what's important about this? These two words, apostle and high priest, sound just very biblical, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it, we glaze over on it. But it's really powerful. He just spent the first part of this letter to the Hebrews, he being Paul. Paul wrote this letter to Hebrews, to Jews. So they had been schooled in uh, Mosaic law for all their life. And he just got through talking about Moses. Because to the Jew, Moses was the epitome of who you needed to be. He was the standard bearer. He was the greatest example. And so whoever was acting as high priest for the Jews would sit in the seat of Moses and teach. Because if you're sitting there, you can't get any higher than Moses if you're going to speak. Because Moses gave us the law. So if you're going to sit in the seat of Moses and speak and articulate the word of God, that's, that's important. So, so the high priest, to an extent, was almost an extension of the spirit of Moses for the Jew, much, much like uh, for, for Catholics, the Pope would be the highest example of Christ on the earth within, you know, within the, the mindset and structure uh, of Catholicism. That's how the Jews were with the high priest. He was, he was you know, just almost the, in, in, almost the incarnation of Moses himself. And you can't get any bigger than Moses. And Paul just spent the first three chapters of Hebrews proving that Christ himself was even greater than Moses, that Moses prophesied about Christ. There's someone greater than me who's going to come. All the way in the Old Testament, he prophesied about the Messiah and that Christ was the Messiah. And so he, he gets through proving, according to Jewish law, that Christ was the greatest example any of us could follow. So that's why he calls him, number one, an apostle, he said, the apostle and high priest of our confession, of us saying what he says. 
An apostle just means one who is sent. So God knew it was so important for us to confess or to say the right things that he sent someone, an apostle, one who is sent, who is now high priest, who is the greatest example of what we can confess. If you're going to confess anything, you need to confess Christ, the word of God. If you're going to say what someone else says, make sure it's the word of God that you're repeating over your life. And that it's good because God sent his word to be the highest example according to this chapter in Hebrews. So that's pretty powerful. God's going to work with what you confess. Now this is Jesus' words himself. And we've studied it before, on, but here's a, here's a little different angle on it. Matthew 16, 19 says this. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. You want the kingdom of God opened up in your life? And by the kingdom, he's not talking about the sweet by and by heavenly cosmic cities floating out there with the harps and the angels and all that type of stuff. He's talking about the kingdom of God that is accessible right here, right now. We have an eternal abode. We have a place that we will... To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, the Bible says. But, but the, Christ came to establish the kingdom right here on earth as well. And so everything that the kingdom of God has available to us, he said, you want the keys to that? You want to be able to open the door and step in and live in the kingdom? He said, I'm about to give it to you. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. These are priestly terms because priests would, if something was bound, it meant it was not permitted. If something was loosed, it meant it was permitted. So he said, whatever you don't permit on earth, make sure it's what's not permitted in heaven or in the kingdom. Whatever you loose or permit on earth in your life, make sure it's what is permitted in the kingdom of God. So in other words, if it's not so in the kingdom, don't speak it out. If it is so in the kingdom, speak it out. Does depression exist in the heavenlies? Then don't confess that you're depressed. I'm not saying not to acknowledge. If you're struggling, I'm not saying not to acknowledge and not to deal with things. But don't identify as this. I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. If you keep speaking it, guess what? You're going to be depressed. You know, when I was in high school, I remember one day we started messing around with this guy. We said, hey, man, you're looking good. You sure you're all right? You're not looking too good. You feeling okay? Yeah, I think I feel pretty good. Okay, next class. Are you sure? Man, you're getting really pale. You know, I think I am feeling kind of weird. Well, by third period, he went home sick. Not a thing wrong with them. <laughs> what was happening? We were speaking things over. He started confessing what we were confessing. Yeah, you know, I think I am feeling, oh, man, I'm not looking too good. Am I looking all right? Look at my eyes. Are they red? Am I pale? Hey, do I feel hot? Man, what's going on? What was he doing? He was confessing what we were confessing. Well, what happened? He started feeling bad, and he left. Not a thing wrong with him. But we do it on bigger scales, don't we? You know? I'm just trying to get by, you know, another week, another day, another dime, or, you know, all this. What are you confessing over your life? Well, Jesus said, hey, if it's not so in the kingdom, don't let it be so on earth. If it is so, 
in the kingdom, then confess that on earth. If you want access to the kingdom, one of the quickest ways, not just through your actions, through your belief, through everything else, but it's through your mouth too. In other words, if you speak it out in your life, I'll back it up. That means, I want everyone to hear me. That means that my words, your words, carry more weight than anything else in your life. Even over the word of God. Say, what? Because whatever you speak over yourself is going to come to pass. Whether it agrees with the word of God or not. If you want to speak how lousy your life is, even though Jesus has saved you, washed you with his blood, bought you and redeemed you, restored you, and that word saved doesn't just mean punch your ticket to heaven. In the Greek, it's sozo. It means wholeness, completeness of well-being, rest, fully restored, lacking nothing. Even though he has set you and that we've been set in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, the Bible says. But if all you do is complain about your life, guess what? Your, your life's going to stink. Because words create, like we learned last week, right? Now, look at, look at this. This is kind of how it works a little bit. and It's a simplified version of but this heaven-earth connection with our words. Okay, Paul is teaching in Romans chapter 10. He says, but what does it say? And he's quoting from Deuteronomy. He's quoting the words of Moses himself. The word is near you. There's two places that the word is within you. It says that it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. And he associates that with how we connect with Christ. It says that if you confess with your mouth, so in other words, if you say what someone else is saying with your mouth, well, what, what is he saying to say? The Lord Jesus. In other words, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, well, that's what the Word of God says, right? So you are, you are saying what the Word of God says, Jesus is Lord. And he says, and if you believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead. Why was that important? Because the, the book of Romans teaches one of the verifications that Christ is who he says he is, is the mere, and that he is the Messiah and he is the son of God. It's because God rose him from the dead. That that alone can be verification that he is who he says he is. So that's why he said, hey, if you believe that God rose him from the dead, in other words, if you confess, if you speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're saying what the Bible says, and if you believe in your heart that he is who he says he is, the word of God says you will be saved. Now, you remember the word saved doesn't just mean, we just said it, doesn't mean you're exclusively punching your ticket to heaven. It means whole, complete, lacking nothing. It's sozo. Fully restored. That means if you confess with your mouth, he is Lord. Believe in your heart that he is who he said he is, that he rose from the dead. Then you will be whole, complete, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, happy. That's pretty powerful. Who wouldn't want a life like that? So well, I thought it meant I'm going to heaven. Well, yeah, that's part of it. That's the cherry on top but you can have some cake as well, right? 
And then he goes on to say, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. The word righteousness means rightedness. With the heart, you start believing the right things. You stop believing the wrong things in life. You stop believing that you're defeated. You stop believing that there's no hope. You stop believing that everything's just going to hell in a handbasket. And you start believing that there's hope. You start believing that, that, uh, that God's going to stand up to his end of the bargain, that he's going to come through for you, that he is going to be faithful, that he is going to walk in his end, on his end of the covenant that he's made with us via Abraham that we've been grafted into. You're, you're going to believe all the right things. So he says, with the heart, you start believing to righteousness or rightedness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto the state of sozo, salvation, the state of wholeness, completeness. So when you start believing the right things, and if you'll start speaking it out, you're going to start seeing how your life is complete, how your life is whole, how your life is. The Lord has had me, I've, I've talked about this last week, the Lord has had me each, every day this year, he's got me doing it again, where I sit down and I, and I write down, and, and I'll read it out and speak it out and think about it. I write down 10 things that I am grateful to the Lord for. Today marked 150 items that I've written down since the top of the year. It's January 15th, so it's 150, 150 things that God has blessed, 150 ways God has blessed me that I can say thank you for. Now, he's done far more than that. Those are just 150 things that I've acknowledged. And in doing so, now, have I faced some obstacles this year? Have there been challenges? Have, have there been uh, non-fun things? Oh, absolutely. Within the last 15 days, sure there has been. But man, my life is so blessed. Why? Because I'm believing he's blessing me and I'm confessing it. I'm speaking it out on a daily basis. It doesn't mean that you're going to be immune to challenges and immune to difficulties. Jesus said, hey, there's, in, this, in this life, there is going to be challenges. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. The whole world that contains your challenges, I've overcome not just your challenge, but the world. So Jesus didn't lie to you. He said, look, if you'll, just, if you'll do this, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Mm-mm. But if you'll do this, you'll be victorious over even the challenges, right? So this is really cool. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. How did we just talk about receiving? How did you receive Christ Jesus? What did you do? You confessed with your mouth. You said what the word of God said, and that's that he's Lord. And you believed in your heart that he is who he says he is, or that he was risen on the, uh, the God, God rose him from the dead. Right? And it said, for with the heart, you believe to righteousness. With the mouth, you, you confess to completeness, wholeness, right? And he said, just as you received Christ, which was to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, so walk in him. Live that way in him. Continue your journey that way in him. So in everything, what this tells me is in everything, I am to believe with my heart and to confess with my mouth. If I need healing in my body, I am to go to the word of God, see what it says about healing, believe that, confess that over myself. If I, if, if I want a blessed marriage, then rather get up and complain about my spouse, which I'll confess, there's not a whole lot to complain about with this wonderful woman up here. 
Praise God, hallelujah. So, <laughs> did I score any points on that? Any? Oh, yes, I did. Yes. yes. But, if I, but if, I, if I want a blessed marriage, then I need to find what the Word of God has to say about marriage, believe that, and speak that, and speak that I have a blessed marriage. Every day I do. I speak over my marriage. I have a blessed marriage. I am blessed because God has brought me a wonderful, godly woman as my spouse. I am blessed. I am a blessed husband, and the Holy Spirit will help me do blessed husband things that will be a blessing for her. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. But it means I, I got a whole lot better chance of being a good husband if I'm walking with the Lord than if I'm not. You know, if you want a blessed family, believe in your heart that God wants to bless your family, wants to take care of your family, and speak it out. Stop complaining about your family. Don't whine about the problems. Speak to the problems. Speak to the mountain. We'll learn about that next week. Amen? So, let's talk about our confession real quick. Everyone still with me? Yeah. We're going to wrap up here. We're going to talk about our confession. You saying what you're supposed to say, because... So, Pastor, are you saying if I, if I just believe in my heart, confess in my mouth, everything's going to work out? No, I'm saying the opposite. Because you're going to face some things. We've been command, we, we have been instructed and commanded to walk by faith. If you lived in utopia, there would be no need for faith. But when you face things, when it seems like the odds are stacked against you, that's when you need to walk by faith the most. That's when you need to trust God the most. When everything in your life is saying the opposite of what the word of God has to say, that's when you need to the most believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the word of God. That's walking by faith. That's living by faith. That's speaking faith into the situation, right? Hebrews 4.14 says this, seeing then that we have a great high priest, or in other words, we have been given the ultimate example to follow, seeing that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, because God has given us the greatest example we can have, hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. That's a biblical way of saying, hang on tight. I don't know what you're going through, Life may be killing you right now, man. You, you, may, you may be taking a beating right now. But look, because of Jesus Christ, because he is who he is, who is the greatest example we can follow. And if he said it, you can believe it. Hang on to your confession. Hang on to that ability to speak what he says over what the world's trying to tell you to speak over your situation. Hang on tight. What was the old posters, you know, back when we were kids? They had that cat hanging on to the branch. You remember that? It was said, hang on, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that and say, hang on, baby. Just hang on. Right? Hebrews 10, 23 says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hang on. Speaking that which he said. Hang on to that. Why? Do it without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We sung about it today, the faithfulness of God. Ryan led us in those songs. 
If you really believe he's faithful, then don't give up. Don't start speaking what the enemy wants you to speak. Don't start speaking doubt and defeat and and hopelessness over your situation. Speak the word of God into your life. Speak the word of God into your family. Say what Christ has to say. Say, what do I say after that? You don't have to say anything else. It may be one of the most quiet weeks you've ever had. (laughs) Well, I spoke the word of God. All right, then sometimes you need a hush right there. When it comes to your life and your situation. Trust me, I'm preaching to myself more than I am to anyone else. God started dealing with me right in the middle of December and all this. Going into this year, Dave, you need to watch what you say. You need to watch what you're speaking over your life. And, and this, even this past week, I've started to mouth off about... Uh, I guess I don't have a lot to say right now, God. And he said, good. Then don't say anything. That's better than saying what you were about to say. Yes, sir. I eventually have to go to the word of God and speak that over the situation. Because he who promised is faithful. The world's not faithful. Circumstances aren't faithful. External things aren't faithful. They're only temporary anyway. But he is faithful. And finally, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.12. You've heard me say this. You've got one fight one fight. The New Testament gives us one fight to fight. Say, well, I've been having to fight the devil all week. No, 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 no. The Bible says you resist Satan and he'll flee. You resist him. He'll leave you alone. In other words, you just ignore him. He's defeated anyway. Resist the devil, he'll flee. So I've been, I've been fighting with this. Per- I've been, no, you've got one fight. Fight the good fight of faith. That alone will keep you busy because you'll wake up, man, feeling victorious. Woo, God, I believe you. I trust you. You give me a beautiful day. I thank you for this day. I'm going to write down my 10 things that I'm so grateful for today. I'm going to confess the word of God over my life. Woo, I'm ready to go. And then you show up for work and something explodes on you. And you're like, well, man, what in the world, you know? And all of a sudden, it's hard to keep believing God when you're right in the middle of the foxhole and you got bullets flying at you in the world, right? That's the fight of faith. You have to fight to stay in that, that state of trust and believing. Fight That's the only fight you got. Am I going to trust God or not? That's it. But it's a good fight because it's a fight you're guaranteed to win if you'll hang in there. That's a good fight. I, I'm not much of a fighter, but if I got a fight, give me somebody I know I can beat. <laughs> that's a good fight if I know I can beat, if I can win. That's why, that's why the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Well, how do I fight the good fight of faith? Well, he goes on to tell you, lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, how do you fight the good fight of faith? Say or confess what Christ has said. Speak that. That's a good confession, he says. Confess, you want to fight the good fight of faith? Confess the good confession. (laughs) In the presence of many witnesses. In other words, find just somebody that can agree with you and say, you know what? Man, I've had the craziest week in the world. I got this going on, that going on. But you know what? I'm, I'm refusing to get defeated by this. I'm refusing to get down by this because God knew what was going to happen in the first place and he's taking care of me and I'm going to confess what he has to say about me and this situation and make sure it's somebody that can look at you and say, you know what? I'm going to believe for you as well. I'm going to agree with you. Not someone who's going to say, ah, I don't know about 
that. You know, all this name it and claim it stuff. Man, that sounds all hokey. That's that hokey style of Christianity. Name it and claim it. Whatever. Every single one of us are name it and claim it. You realize that? Because you are responsible for wherever you're at in life, and you got where you're at in life because that's what you believe for. Whether it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Every single one of us speak our reality into existence. Why? Because we're chipped off the old. We have been made in the image of God, and God spoke into existence the entire realm, and you get to speak into your existence, your world. Is your world a blessed world, or is it a troubled world? If you speak the word of God, it'll be blessed. You'll have trouble, but the trouble doesn't reign and rule. You get to have dominion over it. Let's all stand. So, are you ready to confess today? By that, I don't mean you've got to come up here and tell me everything you did wrong. Matter of fact, I really don't want to know. Trust me, I don't want to know. Woo! As pastor, y'all give me plenty to pray about already. I don't need to know anything else. But what I will do is I'll say what God has to say, and I'll agree with you in faith. Are you ready to confess? Start confessing this week. Start saying what he has to say. Well, I don't know what the word of God has to say. That's why you got to get into it daily. If the only time you're getting into the word of God is when you show up here and you got me preaching to you, you're going to be hungry spiritually. You know, there's a lot better preachers than me out there. And that's not putting myself down, man. I'm a fan of them. But if the only time I'm getting into the Word of God is if I sit down just long enough to hear a preacher, man, I'm going to starve. I've got to get into the Word on a daily basis. Read the Word. I don't care if you, if you, if you find whatever tool you need to, whether it's a devotional, whether you can show up to some of our Bible studies, whatever. Get the Word of God in you. Why? Because there is over 7,000 promises in that Word. One of those promises has got to apply to something in your life, Right? And confess that I need to know what God has to say about my family, about my job, about my life, about my health, about my finances. What does God have to say? about? That's what I want to speak over my entire life. Amen. Lord, I thank you. I speak over this entire congregation. Peace, health, love, victory. I speak that this is a room full of overcomers. Because they believe in your word. I speak that we walk by faith, live by faith, overcome the world by faith, and that we are in strong in faith, giving glory to you, Lord. I speak healing throughout this room. If there's anyone who's been battling an infirmity, I speak healing right now. You bore our infirmities on the cross. And so I speak your victory and your healing in Jesus' name. Let it be so. If anyone is struggling with addiction, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. You are surely free. So we claim deliverance over addiction in Jesus' name. If anyone's struggling with depression, defeat, discouragement, Lord, you lift up our countenance and our eyes. Our hope comes from Zion, not from the world, but from your glorious mountain, the mountain that you dwell on. In the heavenlies, Lord, our hope comes from you and your word. So I speak happiness and joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, Lord. I speak that we are above and not beneath, that we are the head and not the tail. 
and that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. We're going to sing one more time as a church family. And, uh, but before we do, let me just bless you real quick. If you need prayer for anything, uh, I'll be over on the side. You, I'd, I'd be more than happy to stand in agreement with you. But let me bless you real quick. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Let's all sing together.